Get in the action on the Action Addicts Podcast. No greater faction than the action movie scene. Get in the action on the Action Addicts Podcast. Your satisfaction, action on the silver screen. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. My name is Scott Wiley and you're listening to the Action Addicts Podcast. Today we've got the latest installment in A Conversation With. And this is going to be a bit of a weird one because, as you will have seen by the title of the episode, it is not a conversation with one person, it is with a group, sort of. In reality, this is a conversation with two people. We are joined by the two, basically, heads of the art school dropouts. I shall let them introduce themselves in a moment, but for those of you who know them, it's Joey and Steph. If you're unfamiliar with the art school dropouts and you follow me on social media, I will have probably linked to their YouTube channel or their social media in the posts that will let me do that. Because depending on where you follow me, that's not as easy as it should be. <laughs> if you follow me on Twitter, and Twitter isn't currently broken again, because, uh, yeah, it, it, it broke when I tried to do something the other day and just DMs aren't working. So God knows what's going on over there well, at the time you listen to this. But if Twitter's working, that's nice and simple. Instagram just doesn't like links and it doesn't like anything sharing. So, yeah, you might have to just, like, find them in the show notes of this show i think is probably the easiest solution and like i said if you've not heard of them you really should they have an absolute mountain of content, content. for you to uh, get through and whilst uh, i think any creator hates the word content that is what it is at the end of the day and they've got some amazing short films they've got some amazing series and they've got a feature film with another on the way, which you can learn about the details of here in the show as the episode goes on. And if you're listening, guys, hi, this is your episode. Don't worry, you'll be back. I want to give my thanks to both Steph and Joey for coming onto the show. They gave up a big chunk of their time, which they both seemed remarkably prepared for, almost like they've listened to this show before and know how long I can go on for. And uh, they were more than happy to talk, which is always a plus. So if you're an aspiring filmmaker, aspiring stunt person, then you're going to enjoy this conversation. But also, this is kind of a weird conversation with episode because we kind of talk about the industry. I wouldn't necessarily say that this is a conversation fully fixed on the art school dropouts and what they do though that is definitely a big part of the episode, but we do kind of go off and talk about the industry and some stuff we like and some stuff we don't like and where the industry's been, where it's going, and our opinions on it, which was actually kind of fun, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy this. And with that said, I've ambled enough, so I'm going to hand you over to our conversation with the art school dropouts, and I shall see you very shortly for the outro.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're here back in the wonderful live room, and today I am joined by two very special guests, and I am going to let them introduce themselves for fear of getting anyone's names wrong, but you will know them, as I will have already said it in my little intro at the start, as the art school dropouts. How are you doing today, guys? Not too bad, not too bad. Yeah, we're doing pretty good. Very Glad productive to be start here. to the week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it is nice to uh, start off a week talking to some very nice, cool people. For the benefit of those listening at home who obviously can't see you, would you guys mind introducing yourselves for anyone unfamiliar with you? Oh, okay. Uh, I'm Joey Min. I am the creative head of Art School Dropouts, though like one of two, and the other is... Hi guys, I'm Stephanie Pham. I'm more of like, I guess, the business marketing head of Art School Dropouts. Oh, and yeah. we're a filmmaking uh, group on yeah. YouTube. Yeah, we we're an indie filmmaking. We <laughs> yeah, indie filmmakers on YouTube that uh, do martial arts, action, comedy, mostly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'd I'd say that's a fair assessment. Um. I imagine that most people who listen to this show will be familiar to you, but it's probably always good to cover all those bases. Um, you've got quite a number of short films up, and uh, I, to to remind myself, I did kind of binge quite a few of them before we spoke, because the one I think a lot Thank of people you. are familiar with is Nerf Assassin. Uh, that one I remember a lot of people on Twitter really, really enjoyed. And if you go like all the way back, I remember... The Jewel and 8-Bit Kung Fu, and, uh, you know, you get some hilarious things like Bo Raicho in El Baracho. And more recently, the one that I personally like is Broken. I think that one was your best. And not too long ago, you released Thank Rumble you. Riot, right? Yeah. Right, yeah. That was the end of 2022, I believe. Yeah. yeah. I really like Broken, too, you know? And the, I feel like most people... I don't know. I, I thought... I thought um, it's the start of, of a, during the pandemic, we actually kind of changed up our style, like thinking how we were doing things. Uh, I mean, before the pandemic, we really just focused on a lot of um, the happy, like happy or lighthearted thing. And uh, during the pandemic, definitely, as I said again, sorry for being redundant. Uh, we were trying to, I guess, change up the way that we filmed. Like we wanted to be a little bit more, um, you know, like up our quality a bit more. And we figured that, you know, we wanted to see how we could do with the more serious type of um, action that that isn't really uh, kind of known to our choreography. And uh, yeah, and somehow I think, you know, I was just watching a lot of like old stuff. And I think I really took what like Samo did, the very fast action style that he did during like, you know, during the 90s. Uh, like, you know, like how he directed action scenes where it's, it's I really, I really like the the blend of it where it's like, uh, really quick action with long takes, but uh, we kind of made it our own and we have, you know, put our own twist to it, you know, so. So, yeah, and that's currently kind of like where we are right now and uh, we've been liking it. it. It feels heavy hitting, but we definitely have still a lot of uh, creativity to make it, you know, fun if it's both, you know, depending on what the theme is. Right. So, yeah. And I, I Broken was like the first time we did that and I really, really loved it. Yeah, we actually like I felt like that project in particular, we did take a lot of our time in trying to uh, focus on like the production value, having like certain props, the visuals, making like giving that broken TV screen look. And then it's like the glass and like just the little tiny details that we normally just don't usually have time for. Like we 
plan that out like way in advance yeah yeah like yeah and that was kind of a challenge (laughs) yeah it would solidify kind of like the style that we're doing now you know Mm -hmm. that's interesting i i will admit broken was definitely the one that stood out the most for me when i re-watched a number of these some of these were first time watches uh just because Mm -hmm. youtube being the way youtube is i've missed Mm -hmm. ones Uh, i've been subscribed to you guys for a long time and it's always frustrating when you go back to someone that you enjoy and you go hang on i don't recognize that one and then you realize oh this one somehow i missed and it's got eighteen thousand views great that that was it sounded like a good one to miss (laughs) yeah youtube YouTube doesn't help us at all (laughs) the algorithm is just not fit even if you were to hit the i guess the reminder bell they don't usually remind you very often yeah. so uh if you guys are interested that... just follow us on social media like we post a ton of our stuff just like oh where was that from <laughs> and, and and just the you know the martial arts uh thing too it's it's not um youtube doesn't really market it it's not family friendly yeah you know so especially like our our choreography is a little more um I I really like traditional martial arts and I really try to incorporate it and you know trying to update it for a modern viewing it is it is violent like that's what combat is right so yeah yeah I, guess I mean just... <laughs> unless you're unless you're trying to do like a parody sequence it's got to be violent otherwise it would be a really weird action sequence yeah yeah um, but no I mean uh speaking of broken specifically I did notice the extra effort that you guys put into the production side of things. I mean, the prosthetic broken glass on the bare feet, which also my brain immediately went, they rewatched Die Hard just before this. <laughs> but yeah. the, the the actual fight between um, your two performers, uh, Angela and Amanda, I thought that the way that you directed and shot them was very different to the earlier videos that I'd seen. As you said, it was harder mm-hmm. hitting. But also, mm-hmm. although it still had that uh, 1980s Hong Kong energy, it wasn't quite as insane with the uh, power powder that you'd used in yeah. verses. Yeah, versus which I also we like. Crazy with. Oh my god! Yeah. Like, I had to fight myself. I'm like, can we use powder here? And Steph would be like, No, don't. And I'm like, Ah. Yeah. It look, it's like, like literally I get after it. verses, I... Joey's just like, Can we use powder here? I'm like, No. no. Just no. <laughs> it's can like, we use it powder in be... the that and that vase like, that gets broken like okay fine, fine. like yeah like, <laughs> I, it, it, it's, it's just funny. yeah it's just funny because like you know like depending on what era you grew up in right like to me to like to me seeing powder in a fight scene makes a lot of sense right but now yeah it's it's not really you know it's not really conducive to the scene anymore it's, yeah. it's just to a lot of people a lot of the younger viewers is goofy now and i'm like oh and we're just like but it's a though. dirty dusty basement it makes sense yeah. right but I guess the powder just kind of gotten like exponentially more towards the end. <laughs> so I think the only thing for me, and uh, this is just a me thing, I'm sure most people don't even notice, but uh, with verses specifically, there was that much powder that it's very noticeable because there's all this powder in the air and then you're cutting very quickly and the next shot, the powder's gone like yeah. magic and that stood out a yeah. lot so yeah by that, comparison, mentioned that. I'm like, okay i get it yeah but we can't have the powder in the air because it was like we literally had to do the action and then run out because it was just like we're inhaling all of this yeah. like baby powder and whatnot and we're just yeah. like we, we can't keep doing that it was so cold it's extremely cold <laughs> 
But it looked really good though. So you know, you did a good job. Thank you. Um, and it 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 all it also like I said to me it looked like versus sort of informed a lot of the style that you then refined with broken Mm -hmm. and the thing that i noticed you kind of have already confirmed this is because you said that you like the osamo hung style and samo Mm. always did harder impacts than jackie did with all of his films but i Mm. noticed some of the editing tricks that jackie liked to do where you see a scene twice but you edit Mm. the second shot so that it's slightly behind so that you right. have that moment for your eyes to to catch. So yeah. I noticed that, and uh, I was like, "Ha ha! These you you know what you're doing in the editing room." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of hard not to like you know grow up with these things, and you know that that is the source of inspiration. The way that we do things, especially editing, and I thought it was actually kind of funny that um I think uh like for like I guess three years ago or somewhat uh, I was I helped or I guess like last year or two years ago I I helped a friend who is um you know very knowledgeable very like uh a veteran filmmaker and you know traveled the world did stuff in china did everywhere else and whatnot but it's cool it's still kind of funny how even no matter how veteran filmmakers can be like action is still a a different genre that you know like you know they would have awards under their belts or making all these films all over the world but it's, it's hard for them to still perceive like action cinema and how to mm-hmm. like you know um, frame it and stuff like that you know and you know just talking about, so it it's still it is still a genre of filmmaking that still needs to be studied by people that want to do it because it's not just as you know you know you can't just block two people as if they're like in a talking scene and expect mm-hmm. like you know fight choreography to to still fit that way right and like you know Samuel Hung definitely he had his own style and I really really love it and now you know now we're just modernizing it you know yeah no I I, I completely agree slightly off topic but have you guys seen that uh, vulture is now doing their own stunt awards and have pretty much said we're doing it because the oscars won't and uh, they've gotten like mm-hmm. actual filmmakers action directors and stunt guys involved to be on their judging panel and it's like yeah if, wow. if people aren't going to step up to the plate then it's about time other people did like do it themselves yeah definitely oh, wow. i definitely yeah, think you know <laughs> yeah like it's it's hard work. These stunt guys out there, dude, they're they're putting their bodies on the line for our entertainment. We should at least yeah. you know, give them some notoriety or something. Yeah, it definitely should be a big thing. Because I feel like stunts always hurt. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, you can minimize it, but at the end of the day, you're still doing something that is a stunt. By definition, there's probably going to be some physical pain involved, even if it's mm-hmm. minimized minor. And I, I had this conversation with someone last night, funnily enough, when they were trying to sort of ask me about the show. And I said, well, the thing is, if you look at something like horror, it gets a lot more respect and a lot more critical analysis about what it represents, what it means, how it's made, you know, and the, the visual effects, the special effects, the prosthetics and the makeup, all of that stuff gets awards and it gets overanalyzed, in my opinion, to death. There's so many resources out there for it. But then you ask the same people that would say that those films are amazing about action films, and they'll probably say something to the effect of, well, that's just someone punching someone. And I think it's a fundamental disconnect of an audience that doesn't understand how much work goes into the craft of putting together action scenes, whether that's driving, martial arts, actual stunts like daredevil tactics, like... Tom Cruise jumping out of a plane yes. as a ridiculous example. Yes. But I think, I just don't think people understand it. Yeah. Or it's nonverbal sto- storytelling, you know? And 
I get it. Like sometimes I think what people are used to seeing is kind of more of a, I guess, more of a sizzle reel type of choreography when, you know, I think that uh, certain, uh, I think like when the fight choreography and the action directing doesn't match up with the actual theme of the movie, like there's a cognitive dissonance, you know, like the Kingsman, like the story of Kingsman is silly. Like, you know, it's, it's over the top and their action is over top and it makes sense. Right. But then yeah. you can't, you know, like you can't have like a, uh, I don't know, like a, a serious film and somehow they start doing like, you know, uh, like, uh, like these drone shots, like move, you know, like it, it just doesn't make sense. And I think, you know, like when the, when the style of, of action directing is kind of like a YouTube style where it's like, yeah, let's just, you know, move this DSLR camera and just whip it all around and run, run very quickly, you know, ride on a, I don't know, like a one wheel to get shots. Like it, it doesn't you can't really scale it up but at the same time people see that and they see the they don't even see the amount of work what those people are doing right like not only the performance but also the uh, the i guess like you know like the camera work and the director and they just think it's just more of a spectacle i mean even though it is right that yeah they only see the spectacle and they don't see the work behind it right so yeah 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 exactly i mean it's like um you know i think so many people have decided that when they watch a behind the scenes documentary of say a marvel film uh, and i'm not picking on them i'm using them as an example they have massive budgets but more importantly they have like a six month shooting schedule and then they'll go and watch a, a director video martial arts film and assume that all films are created equal and even though they know this got less yes. money i still don't think they understand that the fights they're watching were probably put together that day and they're matching right. what you can see on a Marvel film, if not better. And people just don't right. understand that. They don't they don't get the difference, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. Which is <laughs> definitely, yeah. That's why, like, you know, indie films, like, uh, I think uh, depending on what people expect from it, it, it is like, it is what it is, you know? And um, mm -hmm. like I said, you know, we're we're independent filmmakers on YouTube, so obviously our budget really isn't there. And, you know, we... we try to make things happen and you know some some of the like we've had like you know comments about like oh how it's not marvel and i'm like yes yeah. <laughs> that's a good and thing that's we don't that's have disney money for. but you know we're trying our best <laughs> but like that's what it is you know like it it, it is sometimes the perception you know and because like in a weird way you wouldn't you wouldn't want technically right like I, i'm gonna say it's like you wouldn't want a super dramatic actor to do action films and stunt work just as much as you wouldn't want like a purely like stunt work ta like stunt talent to do dramatic acting right like you know so it's it's kind of like you like that's why these like you know marvel productions they have everybody you know it's yeah. not it's the actors aren't doing the stunts it, you got stunt people and when they're acting, it's it's just the money. That's what the money could buy, right? They buy you time and talent, and you know. So yeah, they yeah. have all the resources and time on their side. Whereas, like yeah. independent filmmakers, it's like it's something as simple as like, okay, I don't have a camera. Like now, I have to go get a camera, and then learn how to use it. And then it's like, oh, I need help. I need other people to be in it. I can't find talent. Like you know, it it's literally bare minimum this the smallest detail is what we like struggle with but you know everybody has high expectations of like yeah you guys should be able to create like really like high level budget looking 
projects. For for no money. Yeah, for no <laughs> money. Thanks. <laughs> cool. I feel like that expectation is unfortunately due to the the rapid growth of technology and people's understanding hasn't grown with it. Um, you know, people see some YouTube productions or what they think are YouTube productions that were shot on like red cameras, for example. Oh yeah. <laughs> and go, well that's well that's a YouTube video. And it's like, well, it is because it's on YouTube, but it's not a YouTube video in as much as it was a professional production. Yeah. You can't equate the two. Right. But to your point about Marvel, I completely agree that you know, I don't come to YouTube to watch a Marvel yeah. type production. And and why would you when you've got such amazing things like Mizu Sentai Scuba Ranger? <laughs> I mean that's that's your Marvel right there. This is Thank you so much. <laughs> I mean, <it's> okay. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I mean, you know, it's the okay. funny thing is, like, we were, uh, that's, that was actually probably one of the more expensive shoots simply because uh, we were working with a guy that wanted to test out his new, like, equipment and whatnot. Yeah, so, so he was just like, oh, I'll, I'll help shoot it. Uh, what is yeah. it, like, the Sony F? Like, S uh, yeah, I, I totally forgot what, what the. But like we had like the full setup, like it had a video but village it was, and it was everything. Too much for, was like, for something uh... that yeah, like it was definitely not in the. We weren't prepared, in in terms of like knowledge wise of like what it would entail for us to do something like that. So even if it was a small project, project, I remember I was like kind of stressed. I was like, "What the heck is happening?" Because like we actually had like a a crew and everything too, and our PA was very very vocal about how i do things differently from her film school uh background and i'm like man well, <laughs> just, that's just what it is oh, like, oh my god dude it was it was it was a stressful project but it was i learned i learned a lot though well i think that's the magic of youtube i mean i was gonna say this a bit later but you kind of brought up some good points but once upon a time and I don't know if you'll agree with me, it kind of felt like YouTube was the stunt team's playground. I remember when YouTube first kicked off, you had people like Zero Gravity, the stunt people, Dardrex Productions, um, and a bunch of others that I'm blanking on. Wow, you're you're saying some real yeah. old school stuff. Oh, yeah. Because, like, remember, they started before YouTube. Yeah. It was just the boards, and we were all on the boards, and we are all... Because, like, before Art School Dropouts, my group... Oh, God, I don't even want to say my name of this group. Um. Go we on. were called Team Fistiles because we were, whatever. I hated that name and it was, you know, um, with a yeah, Z. We were, yeah, with a Z at the end. So you know, very, very <laughs> early two thousands, right? Like, and yeah, so like, and I think the digital, uh, digital filmmaking really benefited this new group, like, like, or this new age of of uh, filmmakers, yeah, because like with, like I said, um, you know, like Zero Gravity and, you know, they moved on. They'd done like, like a lot of professional stuff, you know, like even though, you know, some of them are, not all of them are in, in like, uh, in Hollywood, you know, some of them are, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, like definitely like, uh, like Latif, Latif Crowder is in there, you know, and like other people now, like Tony, Tony Chu, he's like a photographer and like, you know, he, he does fitness and whatnot. And, you know, and other people like stunt, obviously stunt people. Eric Jacobus, you know, got a war, did all that stuff. Dude, everybody went off and did amazing things, right? And here we are doing it. <laughs> yeah, but see, someone's not be to be mean, but like that needs to be continued and represented to show the next generation. Look, this is what you can do. 
if you have an idea and you have well friends because right. it's kind of difficult to do it solo yeah. but you can come on and you if you have if you want to try and learn how to do this all the resources are there on youtube yeah. you don't need ridiculous amount of money you just need skill time and patience and yeah. I, I think it's that too like i think what we do here on on our channel it's it's very um we definitely on purpose choose not the route of to go towards hollywood right like i still want to keep that feeling of we were um the group of friends that were making movies because it's fun right like even though we are still trying to make it like of quality it, i don't want it to go to a point where it's like okay now it's feeling like a job right there are parts of being on youtube and and obviously making stuff like this and i think youtube really emphasizes like you know when they say content instead of like art i guess like it becomes like a product and yeah. like now there is like being a filmmaker on youtube there is that side that i you know steph is really good at it's like the business part and you know that part feels like the job part right yeah like sometimes it's really fun because like oh man that's really cool we could like market this way it's fun but ultimately um it does make the art into a product and there's that fine line that i still don't i never really want to cross right so yeah, however, i try to keep that division between us too so that way any creative ideas that joey has like i don't ever want it to be I guess skewed or viewed in a way where it's like, hey, no, we have to be trending. We have to do this because it's the next big thing. Like, I still want it to be very, like, come to a very, like, come from a very genuine place rather than like, yep. hey, yeah, let's just capitalize on like this IP and capitalize on like, hey, there's this thing that's going on. Let's make it just so we could get numbers. Like, yeah. I don't want that. I'd rather have an audience of people that actually appreciate the work that we actually do and like you know educate like the next generation of like hey yeah we do like martial arts action very like you know inspired by old school martial arts so when they see something that's like oh that's drunken it's like oh that's that's rock lee from like naruto it's like you mean jackie chan right. who's jackie chan <laughs> oh yeah that blew my mind that first time some kids said i'm like what like i was oh, like wow that's insane it's like you don't know who jack chan is um but the thing is like you know when like i feel like when younger audiences see a jackie chan film of of like yesteryear now they they think it's goofy i mean it is but you know what like i guess it's different i guess for us like it, it is goofy definitely but it it's like it's badass, you know? Yeah. But I also think, like, now in the age of, like, just the where we are in cinema, it's a lot about, like, the serious. Everything is just very serious to a point where it's, like, you can't, I guess, pull yourself out of it and be like, that wouldn't happen in real life. Like, nobody would get hit in the face, then rub their face afterwards and make a funny face and then continue fighting. They're like, that's not real. And it's like, yeah, that's kind of the point it's a film entertainment yeah like it's supposed to make you laugh it's it's like the the films that originally got us excited into like learning martial arts rather than like yeah we're gonna go and beat the crap out of someone right right it, it's it's <laughs> it's it's different you know like i think it's um that's why i forgot i, I i'm trying to remember this director's name um uh Anyway, it's like the idea of, of of I guess like you know um 
cinema now it has changed to i guess what um what do you call it i think now a lot of the what people when they think of cinema and movie they think like sweeping sweeping like landscape big shots or like you know um or or very much like very marvel style action scenes where everything is uh you know it's it's not like it's not like the the old school stuff you know right and it's sometimes you know no. like the 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 story behind stuff is, is could be gone because of you know when you just focus on spectacle right that's, that's yeah. yeah and i think talking about the jackie chan like the 1980s stuff specifically some of that unwillingness to engage with the material comes from the fact that if you're talking about western audiences specifically which i think you are with the kids it's the fact that they don't necessarily have that foundational understanding of culture of what 1980s hong kong was like and i've had this uh, argument on the show before which is that the comedy aspect of those films especially was dated but it was dated then because the stuff that they grew up with is stuff that everybody else's parents grew up with because it took so long to get to Hong Kong. Yes. And so the stuff that they were inspired by isn't the stuff that even people who were watching the films then were inspired by. And so you have to take that into account, and a lot of people just won't. They, Like you said, they watch it and they go, what the hell is this? <laughs> and that's as far as they want to go with it. And it's a shame because the handful of films that don't have that stuff in People who are first time watching it now, like um, I had someone on recently that had never seen Eastern Condors mm. and he loved it. And somebody who's never seen Meals Ooh, on yeah. Wheels. And again, it's got one of the best fight scenes of all time with Jackie right. Chan and Benny Okides. And it's just one of those things where people have not been exposed to these different types of media. And in, until they are, it's going to take them a while to adapt to it. I've gone through the same thing with Indian cinema because up until last year, I'd yeah. never seen much of it. And now I'm, I'm, I'm in the honeymoon phase where I, I can't get enough the of it. Brand you know? new, yeah. Yeah. And that's a thing too, right? It's, it's, um, because like, uh, but even then though, like, uh, even in, in China, if you think about it, like, I think what makes the stuff that we're doing, why, why it's so special because of how much resources it's really needed. Like in terms of like, uh, I wouldn't expect to have met somebody like Steph here in you know like in the East Coast of America in you know armpit of America where like she's like this oh like, world ranking Taekwondo you know like like and you know practice her entire life right like for for us to even have these type of fight scenes you know like to have people who are knowledgeable and trained in martial arts in that specific style too you know for them to follow my choreography like it, it's it's not that's not normal right that's a very that's a very limited um talent pool and now asking them to be able to also learn how to act like after you know and to give their time to that too that that's like that's another skill set right so that's why you know it, it's yeah. it's hard um like it's different when they see somebody like Jackie Chan, where they see is Jackie Chan acting, and at the same time he's doing the action. I think like the mind doesn't really, if they're not used to it, because now you know we know that we, we watch like a uh, Scarlett Johansson does something. It's like oh, it's a it's a stunt double, right? We know that, right? Jackie's yeah, Jackie. It's, it's you know? Heidi Moneymaker or, or yeah, Johnson. exactly. It's one of those right? two. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. So so that's why it's it's a different. I think it's a different breed of of performers, and I think that's why. Definitely agree. I think stunt actors should 
uh, you know, stunt performers, stunt actors, stunt whatever in the stunts you guys are definitely need to be acknowledged because I think that's a, a a very big part of of like the action genre, which is like a blockbuster, you know, like genre of film, and you know, there's a lot of money there. It makes a lot of money, so I, they should celebrate those people. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's 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 like what you were saying about Eric Jacobus because you know he basically he has started doing stuff again, thankfully on YouTube, oh, and he has started yes. to come back. But the fact that he has essentially carved out a niche for himself doing uh, motion capture and the fact that he's learning the Unreal Engine and so many performers who you know are stunt people have moved into motion capture industry. And it's 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 nice, but it's also kind of frustrating because it's like there's all of our best performers, yeah. like <laughs> film people. Don't lose them to the video games because right. it pays more. <laughs> yeah, or, or at least you know they could do more, right? But but yeah, you're right, exactly. And actually, that's kind of funny that you mentioned, uh, you know, like the whole uh, motion capture because, like, you know, the thing that we're working on now, um, it's a uh, it's, it's called Player Agency. It's a, it's a film that we made that's like 93 per- it's in the it's in the, like literally the tagline like uh a film that we made in vr but like 93 percent of it right and <laughs> so we're doing like the the cheaper easier version of motion capturing but it, it's it's kind of it's kind of funny um it definitely it, it definitely fits our brand of being yeah. indie it's like we can't afford like the whole motion capture setup right. the suits everything so yeah we'll we just can't afford like wide-sweeping business you know i mean yeah. everything it's we're trying to show like a bigger story of what we could actually produce in real life but in vr so like you know i built the sets and everything so we do have the wide you know sweeping vistas of like a snowy mountain Right or something like that. That's our adventure. We have a helicopter. Like, yeah, like we, but, we. You know? Do you know how much it is to rent a helicopter <laughs> for a film shoot? Right. I don't know, but, yeah. but we have one in yeah. VR, so, and so, yeah, it was nice. <laughs> so the thing is, like, yeah, this is our second feature as um, art school dropouts, and you know, like, uh, luckily, you know, uh, we have friends and other stunt people that have. Like, you know, the Oculus Quest or Meta Quest, I guess now they call it Meta Quest 2. And we made this entire film. And it's actually, it's kind of nice to actually stretch uh, our wings in terms of like writing dialogue. That's like, because uh, like one of the things, and I know, um, I, I don't know if people are listening in, in terms of like, you know, like if they're uh, like also aspiring filmmakers and they want to do action. Because a, a lot of the, a lot of the advice we've gotten throughout the years is like, hey, if you guys want to make a feature, make a feature without, you know, without fight scenes, right? Like, and while I agree because like, yeah, like they're telling us to like learn how to write a story or something. It, it's not, I feel like that's coming from people that actually don't do fight choreography or action directing. I, I really do believe that action is, you know, nonverbal dialogue or nonverbal acting, right? Like when when I choreograph things, it's not, it it still fits the way that I direct, right? It's not just like, okay, we're gonna have a like you know, a sad story here. Then like the camera's gonna go ooh, all over the place, right? It it still fits the mood because that's part of directing, right? Like it's still, um, uh, my choreography still it still fits a very Shakespearean, uh, like three act rule, you know, very classic. It, like how Shaw Brothers does it. It's like they're even bad guy shows that he has like a like a superpower. 
good guy has to like learn how to beat that superpower, right? And and that's really it. And and um, I'd like to believe that people could feel that bell curve of a hero's journey within our within our little fight scenes, even on YouTube. So now we're making this feature film, and it's uh it's basically like the the concept is is that um it's a dude trying to. Uh, I guess it's a kind of a growing up story, but his friend is helping him by leading him through a D and D campaign through VR, right? Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. You have D and D, and we have martial arts, and you know, and it was really hard choreographing for uh, these VR characters that have no arms or legs, and they just have floating hands. Right, so like that disappear when you hold a weapon as well. So yeah, so, just, uh, but yeah. but it worked out, and we literally just finished filming all of the VR, like our principal photography in VR. We finished last week, so that's like finally done, right? And uh, so I just have to edit that and everything, and we have to film the 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 live action. But I really think people will like this because like this is the first time we were able to do like very very big action set pieces, you know, like mm-hmm. like. Crazy gunfights, jumping off buildings, uh, jumping off mountains, going into helicopters. Then that's the, that's the first. That's the first part. Then it like does this three sixty like degree, and it's like oh, it becomes fantasy, and it's like then most of the story like handles from there, and and it's like you know trying to what I because I I know there hasn't been a good D and D film, and I hope the new one that comes out actually is good, but they because it looks like they're trying to marble it up, and you know I'm okay with that, but. You know, I want to put my my hand in and try to make a good D and D style film that is actually like, yeah, we would do that. You know, like, mm-hmm. and it's still yeah. So I'm really proud of it. I'm really yeah. excited. Like, you know, yeah, it's it's been a journey trying to trying to finish it though. <laughs> well, I'm very excited for that. Yeah, I, I I hope when it comes out, you you keep us informed so we will help you spread the word because that sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. It's, it's, it's kind of freaky, though, that you were doing that, and I was going to use the Jacobus' example of making a film, yeah. film in Unreal, and you've done the same yeah. thing, basically, in VR. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Well, it's definitely very cheap version, but, you know, like I hope people appreciate it. It is very, very much art school dropout, and the the fight scenes are still very, very technical. I hope people understand it. No, I mean, they would. It's just, you know, it's just our way of, of really presenting, like, this this high uh high budget action in a very 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 no budget yes, aside for like the no headsets budget. that we bought but you know like headsets we bought and uh i guess just time it's really yeah. time that we had to invest into it but it's it's definitely different and it's cool too because um the platform that we're using to do all of the vr i guess like scenes it's accessible to everybody right because yeah because we're the using idea... rec room and yeah. Like, you could actually play it on your phone, you could play it on your PC, you could uh, play it in VR. Um, so it's accessible to everybody, and uh, I think that that's, like, really nice. And I think after we release the film, we'll probably uh, have the the rooms, like, the the sets available to our patrons, yeah. just so they could, like, walk Visit around the actual virtual, and see yeah. the sets that we use to mm-hmm. film in. Because, like, you know, it, it's like I also wanted to make the very first VR film that is actually, like, realistic, right? Like, if people saw our film, they were like, 
oh wow that's really cool they could that and that's what you actually could go in and play with now right it's not like ready player one where you know it's like this super fantastical world that you can you know you you know in in some sci-fi future right where you can do all these things and there's gundams and and all this stuff like while you can kind of do that it, it it's a very exaggerated idea what vr could be but we wanted to really show like for me personally because i'm a, a definitely big fan of vr i really do think you know it's a it's a next technology type of stuff it's just to show what is possible and like there are kids that are you know playing in these worlds and are creating it now right and and you know they're going to yeah. be the future of 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 like this type of technology and being able to really highlight you know this technology in hopes that people will be like wow that's a uh, that's awesome like you know my kid could do that one you know my like one day that's that'd be awesome i think that's really one thing you know just really promoting um the next generation of, of, of like filmmakers of every of every and any medium i think would be awesome you know so yeah i uh, i hope after it comes out you give us a uh a behind the scenes video so we can all understand what how much work went into oh that. my god i we probably look well, I've seen videos of our behind the scenes. We look silly as hell. Like, you know, yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> I post it up on our Patreon and it's like yeah. they're just walking yeah. in place and it's like it looks so strange. <laughs> it because, like, you know, it, like you see an Eric, like Eric Jacobus, like video or something, you know, they're uh, doing the whole God of War thing and they're like their big studio and a camera's on their face that could like track their, their, their facial and they're like, they're actually doing actions. You know, they're running, they're running. We're like, like, in place. We're like, yeah, okay. Like, it, it, it's so silly looking, but it translates really well in VR, I think. It's funny that you used Ready Player One as an example, because I, I read the book um, long before they made the film adaptation. Yeah. And even though I, I thoroughly enjoyed the book, mm -hmm. and I vastly prefer it to the film, mm -hmm. um, even the book, I was sat there going, this doesn't work on a technical level right. like the only way it would work is matrix where you literally plug in and your consciousness goes right. in and i feel like that that is the big downside of vr like you've just said in order to run you essentially have to run on the spot which breaks the immersion right. maybe one day they'll they'll come up with solutions for that i know there already are you can get these eight-way like essentially <laughs> treadmills that you stand on but okay. if that's a lot of work to play a game or watch a film yeah it, it definitely <laughs> is but like you know we put it together and like the fact alone i think you know i i do really hope that you know uh younger minds that see it they can they understand because like this is like the next set of legos right and, and you know virtually and be yeah. able to put it together but then again like Predator player one the book is also silly what was it like what was like the final thing it was like some cheat code for like gauntlet or some some you know like the the last oh key yeah yeah the last arcade machine yeah yeah it was, it, uh, i can't remember exactly but it was something that only like a real uh nerd would know it yeah. was so simple that you had to put in like the konami code or something yeah or something like remember, that i remember but... it was like it was like either like a i know it was like a, a mud or no sorry yeah well, something like that anyways but yeah but that's the thing i'm just saying you know ready player one definitely super high fantasy you know ours is like hey this is you could play this right now like all of the sets that we will have, we would definitely put it out there. People could play on these sets, you know. And I think that's like the really cool part. I, um, you know, making filmmaking more accessible, no matter what technology. And it was really hard, like trying to make a film in this thing because, like, you know, obviously it's it's another step of technology and reality. So in this world, I'm trying to put together, like, say, like a prop, 
and like how in that world it's like sometimes like the the logic doesn't make sense it's like oh you like you know you make a sandwich you know it's bread bread filling bread right here it's like you gotta make the filling first and you gotta slap the breads on it at the same time in midair or something that's the only way you can sandwich or something like that and so it was really hard to learn yeah. but once we got <laughs> used to it I, you know i think it's i'm really proud of it i think this is really awesome and i really hope the 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 story also uh people like it and i am trying to hit a bunch of of like you know the things that i wanted to hit here like the whole i've always want i love dnd i always want to make a dnd movie uh has this is martial arts very much very martial artsy on on our on our end since we are art school dropouts and it's vr and like it's a really cute story too and it's a very small town story that it becomes like this you know in a bigger tale hence because of dnd so yeah but it's i shouldn't really say cute. dnd i don't think yeah. <laughs> i don't want to get <laughs> i don't want to get ogl <laughs> But anyways, no, nondescript fantasy setting. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, a dice roll. Just, just call it Pathfinder. Yeah, You'll be Pathfinder. Fine. Yeah, I love Pathfinder. <laughs> but anyways. I know, and they're and they're quite happy for you to use their name. Yes, <laughs> very in a Pathfinder world. There we go. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Please sponsor so, us. Pathfinder. Please sponsor us. <laughs> With, without uh, without going down the rabbit hole of asking you about some other YouTubers that also do D&D content, I'm going to skip that <laughs> for fear of going off topic. Yes. Um, given that you do create content specifically for YouTube, I'm curious, this might be more of a question for Steph, given what you said a moment ago, but how do you actually make that work? As uh, like, like you said, you are filmmakers that just make things for YouTube. Like, What actually goes into that that people probably don't know? Oh, wow. That's a very loaded question. Um, it is. So, uh, <laughs> we'll give Joey a yeah. break. Yeah, we do. Yes, we do make our projects. And the idea is that, like, we started off making videos on uh, YouTube. Joey actually started Art School Dropouts way before I even joined. And when I joined, I saw that there was one major flaw, which was good content, no marketing. Nobody knew of our school dropouts. Nobody's even heard of us. Like the views were just kind of bleh. It was pretty bad. Um, but then, you know, as filmmakers, it's uh, also kind of like balancing on that like tightrope of just, hey, do we go full stream into like filmmaking, go the, uh, I guess, traditional route of having a concept, making it like a sizzle or like a pilot episode pitching to investors, hoping that somebody will give us money one day to make this bigger project and then go to film festivals, find distribution, sell it, uh, like internationally, get funding or whatever. And basically it would have taken years because a lot of people take years for them to have their, I guess their project, their baby finally out to watch for the audience. For just the general public. But for us, like, we have so many stories. Joey has a ton of stories to tell and so many scripts that it just doesn't make sense for us to go that route. And I think a great thing about YouTube is that it's not a competition of, like, fighting for an audience. Like, oh, they need to just follow us and nobody else. It could be, a, it's a very communal thing. Like, our friends Common Ramen, Deviant Children, like we share audiences. And I think being filmmakers on YouTube definitely uh, brings people together. And 
I guess, gives filmmakers like us a different view on how we should view other filmmakers and what we should or what we can do with our films. Because filmmakers, honestly, are terrible at marketing and they're very, like, they're not supportive of other filmmakers. I, I think we're we're stuck in our <laughs> own way, but I think what Steph uh, forgot to mention, how we actually make money on YouTube. Which well, mentioned. I was going to get to that. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, I was going to get to that. Um, <laughs> I was just patience, saying, Joey, patience. Yeah, patience. But I'm just saying, like, that's, like, the typical route when, whenever, like, people are asking, like, oh, you're filmmakers. Why don't you just go that route? For us, we rely on our audience. Um, We have merch. We have multiple streams of income because, you know, that's just how you have to do things now. So, obviously, we post our videos up on YouTube, but we don't really, uh, I, I guess, because how YouTube views our content, they're really not that all that monetizable, like, they just don't classify it as monetizable. So we don't really make much money off of YouTube. Um, so we actually make money elsewhere via like our Patreon. So people who want to see behind the scenes content, play D&D with us, chat with us on our Discord, uh, things like that. People are able to sign up to our Patreon, get these perks, and then support us like every month by paying a small amount. Uh, we also have our tutorial series, which is great for filmmakers or people who want to make fight scenes because like for us I don't really see a point of like hiding how we do things like we're very transparent and I like that idea of just being very transparent with our audience so we have our fight scene tutorials that we literally show people how we shoot and edit and produce our fight scenes we don't show them how to do stunts because there's so many stunt schools like just go learn from a professional stuntman but if you're on the filmmaking side, then like, yeah, you can follow our tutorial series and see how we come up with our choreography, how we put it together and give you references. So that way you could even use our material to create your own fight scenes and then grow from there. Just use it as like a base for, I guess, creating your own style. And then from there, we also have like our merch, uh, like obviously like just you know, you want to buy merchandise, we have all of these shirts and like clothes. Um, then we also have what's called early access. All of our content will always go out for free on our YouTube channel. Like that's just something that we have sworn. Um, even if like a film, like let's just say we make our feature film and it gets picked up for distribution, like we would have to negotiate for like a two or three year deal or something, but eventually it will always be available free but we do have early access so um we would put like let's say a short film for early access for like a month or two for those that want to see it ahead of time and then they would like support us it's a few few dollars just to kind of see it before it comes out um but that helps us out as well and then um we're also fiscally sponsored so that means we are um basically kind of under the umbrella of a nonprofit organization. So we accept donations that are tax deductible for a lot of businesses. So this is like really more so applicable to like, I guess, people in the US. So like if people send us uh, props or like even food for some of our productions, uh, it's a tax write-off for them. So that's also like an added benefit for people who want to support us. But uh, I think... I covered everything. We do have a lot, but I believe that's it. Joey, is that uh, right? 
Did yeah, I miss it's, a, it's the life of the, <laughs> you know, like a digital filmmaker now, right? So basically, just to keep it short, really, like for all those filmmakers out there, they're very creative. I know, I know it sucks. I know it feels bad. Unless you're you're one of the you know one of the filmmakers that want to do, um, mainstream stuff and your stuff just is like generally loved by everybody, dude. I I I'm envious of you because I wish, I wish people love my shit. You know what I mean? But but there is it's it's a hard process. It's it's long, but there is ways for you to be a independent filmmaker to make money, right? So basically, your movies. I know it's gonna suck. Your movies is just pro, like it's just promo material to the actual shit that you're selling, and we sell a lot of shit because we are starving artists, and we also work normal jobs. So yes. <laughs> we have and, multiple jobs. Yeah, and, and until and I hope that you know I really do hope that it happens that you know we we will get enough fans that we are supported by just making our films, and now we can do it for for our lifetime. And, uh, you know, just to keep telling stories that we love and, and the fight scenes that we want. And, uh, yeah, that's really what it is. Mm-hmm. I think uh, that was kind of important for people to hear because, I, I did, again, going back to understanding what goes into making these things, I don't think everybody grasps that people do have to spend money to make stuff, oh, even yeah. if they're just making it for YouTube. Um because, you know, you don't see it quite so much now, but I have seen it start to reappear where people don't understand why people need money. And it, it's such a silly concept yeah. that I don't understand <laughs> why they can't grasp this. But I see mm. it so much in like comments, not so much with you guys, but I've seen it on other people's videos where why do we need to give you money to keep getting this content? And it's like, well, it doesn't fund itself. And I, I'm sadly, I'm not made of money. So if you want to keep seeing it, the money has to come from somewhere. Yeah. And unfortunately, the, there there was a time when YouTube was a lot better at giving people money back. I used to make YouTube videos. Right. That time has passed. Okay. That time has passed times 10. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's definitely not an option okay. anymore, realistically, unless you're lucky enough to have millions of subscribers, which, right. let's be mm-hmm. honest, the type of content you guys are making, it's not going to happen because, as you uh- said, it's not monetizable which means mm-hmm. YouTube won't push it into recommendations and mm-hmm. it's not the type of content that's going to trend because it doesn't mix with what YouTube wants. Not yes. that YouTube ever tells you what it wants because that would make life too easy. Yeah, right. I guess. Of course. Of course. Right. But that's, that's, that's how I, mean, I used that... to make YouTube videos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you understand <laughs> the struggle. Yeah. Oh, it's yes. very disheartening. Yeah. But that's what it is. It, it's like, you know, and that's the thing too, right? And I think that's like a, a good thing to say too for the people that want to do YouTube. It's like, you know, don't. I I think one of the things is like don't go into YouTube thinking like you'll do it for money, because mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, you'll get burnt out, right? And the reason yeah. why, I don't know why on like you know I don't know why I'm still doing this. I know Miyazaki said it, making a film like like you know making a film sucks and it takes everything out of you. But then he goes like, I can't, I, I can't believe I want to make another one. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's the, it's the passion, right? You know, and yeah. Well, and you, you, you asked your own from, question. You know, the, I don't know why I'm still doing this. Cause, yeah, yeah, cause it's exactly. what I like to do. Yeah. And that's the guy <laughs> that made Studio Ghibli. And he's like, man, my, my movies don't make any money. And like it does, but he doesn't even feel it that way. Right. And he's like, I hate making yeah. movies. And he goes back into it and he makes something amazing every time. Right. 
And and so I just hope yeah. that we're that too. Like I mm-hmm. I know that you know obviously it's the the passion, um, and you know obviously trying to also up our 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 skill set both in front and behind the camera, and hopefully we find new talent and you know give them a, a good environment where they can practice and get better in their own crafts. You know because like obviously it's you know like any like any booming industry there's a lot of uh, you know. Uh, unsavory people in in this oh, yeah. in this industry <laughs> that that wants to take uh, advantage of people, right? So, I you know I just want to be able to create like something safer for you know newer generations, right? And I didn't think about it that way, you know, before. But like my my entire my art school art school dropouts, most of the people we work with are all are all women, and I'm mm-hmm. like now i'm like jesus i never understood how much bs you guys have to deal with like so i don't want to so we're just trying to keep it safe you know what i'm saying like that's what it is yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i can't remember which one it was i watched it might have been versus that no it might be broken yeah it was broken i think but you guys have the credits where you were showing the behind the scenes and i did notice that everybody but joey was yeah. well, a woman yeah. which i was sort <laughs> of like that's that's quite unusual in the stunt environment yeah. And it goes to show, like, people want to work with you because they feel like they can. And that yeah. says a lot. And it's a thing, too. You know, there's a lot of, like, amazing female martial arts there, too, right? So, uh, and I know that, mm. you know, typically, uh, and this is not, like, you know, definitely not something, like, I'm trying to to make, like, a political stand on. It's just that there might be some untapped market here, like, you know, with, with a lot of, I know that, you know, in Hong Kong, they had, like, you know, the girls with guns era and whatnot, right? So, and I'm not saying I'm trying to recreate that, but like, dude, like, uh, Steph here is amazing. Angela's amazing. We work with Amanda. She's awesome. You know, uh, you know, in, in a, in a business, like a lot of, like, you know, male stuntmen, right? And action as stars. I'm sure there's, we can make money off of like, you know, the female action, but not in the way that is, you know, um, exploitative, right? So it's not like, cause I know. Yeah. Which is what happens quite a because as a female like you know i'm an actress and like you know i do action and whatnot a lot of times like castings it's just hey yeah we want you to be the sexy ninja assassin and i'm like why can't i just be the badass like (laughs) you know just like look at moon lee and cynthia rothrock back in the day they didn't have to wear like the skimpiest clothes didn't have to always be sexy all the time at least not all the time well yeah not all the time but you know it's like but now it's yeah. like, yeah, we want like Black Widow. Yeah, but I mean, you know? but it's also I think yeah. culturally a lot of people think when in terms of like martial arts action, and if you're Asian, you're only and and you're a female, I think you only have like two or like two or three roles. It's like, mm-hmm. um, like sexy assassin, sexy prostitute, sexy assassin prostitute, right? Yeah, <laughs> like and that's really what it is, right? So it, and I and I understand, yeah. but that's why I kind of wanted to um. You know, like that there there is a reason why uh we we do our action. Like, you know, I don't I don't cut the action. I don't make like tropey female style martial art choreography for Stefan Ange. Like I make them you know, I make them hit. Like that's Yeah. Like I want you guys <laughs> to perform just as well as you know, as much as we can with like you know the choreography that I would I would do for, for you know, men too, right? Just to show that, you know, martial arts is definitely not you know bias to that like it's like badass is a badass no matter what right mm-hmm. kind of thing so yeah no i i 100 agree 
Um, a lot of my favorite performers over the years are female. And you and uh, another YouTube guy who I know has gone on done professional stuff as well, but Vlad Rimberg, oh, yeah. he does choreography oh, for yeah, his dude. female performers, and they are brutal. Yeah. And I, I loved it. And I just think, you know, um, there's a, oh, what are they called? There's a German stunt team, and you might immediately tell me the name of them when I say they did that film Plan B, and they had yes. Heidi yes. Moneymaker actually yes. playing a character. Yeah rather than being a stunt person. Right. And you just go, why can't we get more of that? Right. Those films don't cost a fortune, comparatively speaking. Mm -hmm. All films cost a fortune. Right. But compared to the gigantic budgets, it's like, why don't we make a few more of those? It's like, I think that, yeah, like the age of the the mid, like the mid-sized budget films are dying, you know? I, <laughs> yes. I think everything now has to either be Marvel-sized or like super indie. But even super indie is not indie, you know. It, it's there's there's definitely like a big big gap now, right? In terms yeah. of of budget, right? And yeah, and also yeah. Vlad. Vlad is awesome, dude. Like he's awesome, awesome dude. <laughs> Love his stuff. No, I mean it's it's one of those things. Like I said, it's such a close knit unit because you actually hit something that I've not actually properly had an opportunity to say this story. Because it's not mm. my story, but I'm going to say it now because of what you mm. just said. It links to something you said a second ago about why do you keep doing this? And it will happen because obviously you guys are friends with Carmen Ramen, and obviously they got the, the secret contact information of, hey, why don't you come over here and make a, a film with me signed Johnny Young Bosch? And that film was yeah. Ark Exodus. And mm. uh, he has spoken quite loudly about the fact that because he's half Asian, he's too. Asian for white roles, but too white for Asian roles. Yeah. And I, that <laughs> irritates me immensely because yeah. he is someone that, in my opinion, has been so wasted. I mean, he's recently finished a film with Isaac Florentine that also has mm. Stephen Lang, Dolph Lundgren, Harvey Keitel. And I'm right. really hoping that Isaac hooks him up because he's such an underrated performer. But I feel like it's the same issues that you've just stated. You know, it's, yeah. it's mm -hmm. the industry likes to put people in boxes. When right. that's not how people have ever worked, it just makes it easier for them to sort them. Yeah, yep. it doesn't make it easier for creators. Yeah, no, that, that, exactly. Like it's not even just for for women, right? Like for him too, right? It, it, it's because a lot of, I think you know, since we do live in a melting pot society, you know, in the Western world, it's it's a lot easier for the writer. I mean, this is what it is like to just build on tropes, right? Mm -hmm. That's why that's another thing that I do feel like kind of sad about where a lot of these um, indie filmmakers, they just, they're not learning how to build and write a scene anymore. They they understand spectacle first instead of story, because I would see a lot of short films that are like, the story is vague, but like the story is bad. It's just that either if they're a, a film school kid, it looks amazing. Like, you know, cinematography is awesome, but no substance. Or like a fight scene, yeah. it's all flips or all spectacle, but mm -hmm. there's no character arc within the choreography, right? And, you know, because maybe I, I am I'm, I am an older person, I'm an old head, it, it's like that's the thing that cinema is teaching people now. And that's where, that's why, like I say, um, mid-sized budget films, right? Like, you know, directors like Sidney Lumet or something, you know, like it's, it's, you know, where the cast and crew is very small, but the story there, it's, you know, it's, um, you see it, you see 
the acting, you see the story. Um, I think I miss that, you know, and that's why I guess that's why we're doing these things. And I really love these small town stories because that's really what it is. I don't think that everybody could. I mean, I don't know if anybody wants to like or goes to watch a Marvel film and be like, yeah, no, I definitely relate to Thor being a god, like, you know, mm-hmm. a, a god. <laughs> yes, I I get it. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, I, know I have they the try same to problems. Make, <laughs> I know they try to make him, you know, like there are human traits and obviously, you know, character development and writing and stuff like that story. I get it. Right. But at the same time, it's like my life is not directed by, you know. Uh, you know, Taika Waititi, and then be like, "Oh, everything's goofy," and you know, like, I have to work. <laughs> you know, that's not funny, <laughs> right? I have health problems. That's not funny. But you know, that, that's I'm just saying. It, it's I I think it's the sometimes there were stories then during the '90s and the early 2000s that you know everybody could kind of, like. There's a movie for everyone, mm-hmm. but now yeah, just to make it so much more profitable you really split the the audience. It's like really high budget or really indie projects that are super weird. They're just super, super weird, I feel like. And, you know, just there's those group of people like, you know, I kind of just want to see a story. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it is, I think. Well, I mean, not to keep bringing him up, but when uh, Eric Jacobus did his film Death Grip, Yes, I was. I know for a fact because the producers told me that I was its biggest financial backer. So Rebecca and Eric used to DM me and do stuff, and it really disappointed me that that film didn't really do anything. You know, it made no real impact, and it and it kind of it kind of killed and it should filmmaking passions, Mm -hmm. and it's it's so frustrating. And it and it should have like that thing was amazing, and that was like what two thousand seven, two thousand. Sorry, was that it was it was later than that. I can't quite yeah, remember, yeah, wait, but it was, it was, it was a lot later than that. But yeah, dude, that, and that that's amazing. You know, like, and, uh, dude, every, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, it's, it's yeah. sad to see like really great talent not being used in a particular way, even though he did carve out a way for him to do what he wants, you know, especially now with doing like the motion capturing, you know, like I, I would have loved to see him in more like big screen stuff because mm-hmm. he had he definitely had like he knew what he was doing i honestly think yeah like i honestly think for like to me i guess i think he's still one of the best stuntmen that are living right now even though like though his work is not like super known around the world dude his stuff is he's amazing that dude is nuts like the amount of work the amount of passion and talent that he has put in and over the years dude that guy is amazing that's it, you know. Yeah. No, I mean the the only other thing I was going to say, like like piggybacking off of what you said about trying to highlight the female super uh, superstar, I was going to say, but well, action actor is probably a better way of putting it. One of the friends of this show, Liam O'Donnell, who's the director of the Skyline series of films, he is kind of doing the similar thing that you are. Again, small budget but big resources. And he, you know, he managed to cast Lindsay Morgan and demonstrate what she could do. But he also brought back people like Daniel Bernhardt to the front mm. and center of films. And he'd been kind of lost to to the stunt world in a good way. But right. it, it's 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 amazing how just casting someone in one role for people to see can suddenly go, oh, this person's actually still good. Or, oh, I didn't know this person could do that. 
So I feel like it's always important to have, like you say, all these different productions so that you can mm. actually show off what it is you can do and not just get stuck as, oh yeah, that's the guy that did stunt work. I mean, yeah. Look at the reception that Ki Hoi Kwan has been getting mm -hmm. from everything everywhere all at once. And it's like everyone's like, oh, I didn't know you did all of this. And well, maybe if you paid more attention all those years, you would. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And but anyway, getting off topic now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, because like, yeah, no, I understand definitely because, you know, we're trying just even like as we grow older too, you know, we want to help set up, you know, younger people in new talent to keep keep the industry fresh right and sometimes this is these are the only people that would give a chance to people to really prove their stuff like someone i mean people people forget like they don't really understand this like in hollywood like once you once you're in hollywood you realize like everyone's there because of nepotism right it's not they're not there like you know because they earned the right it's like oh i'm I'm my uncle is XYZ. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean, <laughs> and it's like, you know, so to be able to give, to be given a chance there, you kind of already have to, you got to have to be an industry baby. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so people like us, like I said, you know, we're meeting new people, all these new talents and whatnot. And like, they're amazing. And, you know, if I have the skill set to really bring them, uh, bring their talents to light through my camera lens, right? Dude, like, that's what we're trying to do, right? It's not it's not an exclusive like like filmmaking should not be exclusive to people like to to like Hollywood and the mega rich inside Hollywood anymore. Right. Because like it's digital. Everybody can do it. I mean, you know, like, with their Eric phone. yeah, <laughs> dude, like zero gravity. All these people, they they shifted it like during the early 2000s. The idea of having ZG boards and, you know, like we were making films like having to download their old videos on dial up oh connection yes i remember oh, <laughs> i dude i missed dlang.com i was like i was like talking about that to somebody and they're like oh my god right yeah. you know don't have that anymore no one of my previous guests on this show and a listener is a aspiring stuntman his name's Aaron Vargas and i know that i don't i assume he would already be familiar with your work oh, but yeah. i know that someone like him yeah, I'm pretty sure we follow him on Twitter as well. Yeah, he's yeah. kind of blown up recently, which I'm very happy about. Yeah. But I think that someone like him, having you guys with all of your videos, but also, like you say, you have those courses, it shows you that you can do it. And I've sort of said this not that long ago, actually. I can't even remember what we were talking about, but it annoys me immensely that so many people, like you say, that once they get inside the Hollywood machine, even if they aren't, like you said, they're related to someone or they know someone, if they then do get in, they immediately close up and go, right, I'm in now. Yep. I'm not yeah. sharing it. all the information I've learned. All my contacts are mine. And that's, you're on your own now. Yeah. I'm set. And that it really winds me up because I see it a lot with crowdfunding campaigns, which I noticed that you guys didn't include as one of your revenue streams. Oh. I often think that so many of them do it wrong because the people that are running them are trying to run it like it's a film that they're used to financing through the circuits and therefore they treat the people that back them as their audience and don't realize that you need to treat them like investors and therefore you need to show everyone what it is that they're actually investing and actually treat them like that after they've given you their money. Because I feel like so many cool projects don't understand that and never get off the ground, but could have mm -hmm. if they just retweaked their campaign a little bit 
Um, so the fact that you guys haven't done that is kind of interesting. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, we we do plan on doing more crowdfunding in the future, but uh, we also do have a different uh, plan moving forward for like a lot of our, I guess, much bigger projects with like a larger hmm. cast and crew. Because um, like we did have a uh, we did have a crowdfunding project for our first feature film. But that was um, the thing was like we kept that project a secret until we actually finished it. Then we had this big crowdfunding campaign for ten dollars. Like we just needed ten dollars because simply to just uh, just because we were using the crowdfunding as a way to promote it because I thought it'd be funny, right? And I I have seen yeah, yeah. all these years where it's like, hey, you know, we want to crowdfund this, you know, and next thing you know, like they get the money and they like you said they disappear, right? So what we did, we we're like, oh, you know, hey, uh, so we're we're trying to, uh, we have this new movie, so our first feature as Art School Dropout, um, and it's crowdfunding, and um, you know, I, I know that ultimately when people hear that, they're like, oh, never mind. I'm like, no, 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 wait, it's like, it's ten dollars, right? It's 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 only ten dollars. It's already funded. It's already funded. <laughs> At that already point, it was already it. funded. But <laughs> and we just it, wanted to let you know that our movie is done right. and it's out. <laughs> That's it. And the thing, and we had that where it was like, you know, our, our, uh, our campaign for like our crowdfunding campaign, you know, it was like 10,000% like funded because it was only 10 bucks and we made like, you know, uh, like $1,900 because to like replace like a couple of our lights that got broken in one of our scenes or something like that. But yeah, so like I definitely understand what you're saying too, right? So, and, you know, we didn't want to be like that because definitely it has to be full transparency. We, we show everything that we do because it's it's like these people, these fans that we have are our lifeblood. And I, we cannot be any more thankful for them. You know, anybody that's watching us, anybody that supports us, anybody that likes comments, you know, even negative ones. Right. Like, thank you for your time. Thank you for sitting there and watching it and actually you know, giving some sort of, of um, attention to the work that we do because there's a lot of work into it, right? Yeah, that's why we even, like, for for us, I know when we do have, like, a crowdfunding campaign, it's kind of an easy transition for us to have that, like, positive mindset because of our Patreon. We're constantly trying to think, like, oh, what can we provide them? Because to us, they're basically, like, our producers, you know, because yeah. like the, the money that they send us every month, like we don't touch that for ourselves. That goes straight into production. And in my head, it just makes more sense of like, well, if they're giving us money to fund our projects and obviously like we make whatever we decide to make, let's just share the behind the scenes, scripts, any problems. Like we've literally just sat in Discord and just vented about like just the problems of the industry, the things that we were facing for like hours, just like, hey guys, I'm depressed right now. I'm going to vent about this. This is horrible. And then it's just like, you know, this is just the reality of it. But I feel like that transparency is just extremely important. Like, hey, yeah, this is like, you guys took the time out to like support us and you're helping us monetarily. The least we could do is at least like, you know, show you more of like what we go through, the ups and downs. And just transparency, like I said. So, yeah, they see a lot, like even the, the really dumb stuff. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of dumb stuff. Don't a lot of dumb stuff. <laughs> um, personally, I think that's what a lot of other YouTube 
filmmakers have missed because uh, there are other people and I do have an example in mind, but I won't say the name, but they're big by comparison and they have crowdfunded oh, at least half a dozen projects, most of which failed. Mm -hmm. uh, they've got one that did succeed the second time it ran. And every time they make the same mistake, which is that if you actually read what it is that they're trying to make, you'd know as much after you've read it as before you've read it, because it's basically, we want to make a film, we're going to do cool stuff, and you know our work, so let's get it done. And it's mm. like, there's a reason your stuff keeps failing. And like you said, it comes down to the transparency, which is not something that the industry does at large. And it's like, you're not a Hollywood level production. So the advantage you have is that you can be that transparent and you can show all the stuff. Yeah. You're not wrapped up in contracts and NDAs and all of that stuff. You don't have a hundred producers all telling you what they need to be done. Exactly. It's your, you're the only one in control. It's like you can do what you want to do. Yeah. You don't have to fit a mold that other people have already done like that's literally why you've made stuff on youtube allegedly but, <laughs> yeah. but like you say when, when 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 people get to a certain size it, it feels like they think they then have to conform to how it's done in yeah, inverted commas definitely yeah that's what i think too and i yeah. i mean while i do hope like while i do hope that you know we do grow to a uh a, a modest youtube like size right so you know we could make a living out of this i i, I will always tell staff like hey you, can you check me because I, I never want to build an ego right yeah we That's even tell yeah. like our patrons and our audience like hey if we ever seem like we're getting way too like into ourselves or anything just just tell us just check us like it's but i feel like how we like position everything it's i don't think we'll ever get to that point like that's, I mean, in terms of transparency, we even have a 360 degree like live streams that we do for our patrons just because I wish they would, they had the opportunity to join us on set. Okay. Like you gave just us two see. bucks yeah. a month. Like I wish there was a way that like, Hey, you're all the way in Europe. Obviously we're in the States. You can't be here, but yeah. this is the best thing that I can do. And right. like we film pretty often so it's nice that we can offer a perk like that so that way people who have never had that experience before can have that experience even though it's not technically like you're in person but mm -hmm. it's the closest thing right. and yeah it's i think because of such a like we have such a supportive audience and community because of them i don't think we'll ever get to a point where it's like yeah we're too good for for them yeah and it's it's also yeah exactly that too. I think that we definitely don't even give that air of of the Hollywood thing. Like it's still because you know obviously since I'm the creative head, I'm still um uh, the stuff that we do is still very old school in terms of of like filmmaking concepts and whatnot. And I'm definitely not a student of the new school uh way of of spectacle filmmaking. So you know. I don't know, maybe, you know, I wouldn't mind being able to do it, you know, but, you know, it's not, the budget is not there, but we yeah. still want to put in the effort of the story and the quality and stuff like that. So I, and, you know, being thankful is, I don't know why being thankful is a good thing. I Like these people help us out, man. So yeah, I don't know why yeah. people like, you know, people need to take care of their cast and crew and your audience. Like, right. I don't know why, like, just be nice. Right. Like, how hard is it just to be nice and be a good person? human being 
That's what it? it is, though. People, if you are willing to, like any, like any cutthroat uh, industry, people are willing to to uh, sacrifice their coworkers for for a step up the ladder, right? Sadly, yeah. yeah. But so you know, and that's the thing too. And it's like, hey, man, you know, like we can create our own thing here. We don't even have to be part of that. Yep. You know. Well, that's a, that's a funny thing because, like, I remember I've seen your adverts for your um your tutorials <laughs> come up on Instagram before, mm-hmm. and I was like, that's I know those guys. Like, I I've watched their videos, and it, it was so funny the first time that happened. I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> and yeah, you're right. Like, if if for example you have a big well, any international backers, like if it was me, for example, you're right. I can't just pop over yeah. and see you guys because it's quite a trek mm-hmm. to do that. And uh, I'm not swimming, so it's going to be expensive <laughs> too. And the fact that you thought of that and gone, how can we give value to the people that do back us is great. And, you know, it, it sounds simple, perhaps, to the people listening, but you'd be surprised, audience, how many much bigger creators don't do those sorts of things, even though they kind of say they will. But it maybe happens like once a year, for example. <laughs> you know, they don't want to share. They don't want to share what the, they're doing. I mean, I, I, I get it, but at the same time, I don't. You know, because like, how, how long can you really like, uh, stay with your secrets forever? When you know, it's filmmaking. You should, you should pass it down to people. Yeah. That's what I think, right? So that's why we we encourage people. Hey, like, look, this is what we're doing, and just to prove to people too that you know, in our mo- most of our productions. It's literally Steph and I, you know, most of the time. And, you know, we have Ange uh, from AJ Kick 101, you know, and, you know, um, like uh, our old intern, like she would be like a grip. She would be she's basically our like G&E for everything. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so so it's it's possible. Like, I think the the talent, if you have the talent, right, you don't really need like a big crew. It's it's a lot easier, definitely, and you know, obviously, quality comes with money and time. Sure, I, I agree with uh the film school thought, but like, if you don't even have a story to tell, then you know, what's the point of like your movies just has no substance, right? Like, and that's the thing. I think film schools teach how to make unit people, but they don't teach filmmaker to to create filmmakers, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. No, I, I, I'd agree with that. This is a random question and a much less pressurized one compared to the last w- discussion we've just had. <laughs> so for people that don't know, because I think I know the answer to this, but uh, I'm going to let you answer it, is why did you call yourselves the art school dropouts? Oh. That's so, Joey. Yeah, so the thing... Oh. <laughs> yeah, so it, it would be... It, this happened, like, before making films. It's just that I I kind of had a group of artist friends and we were all artists of different mediums like a painter uh like you know like um uh, art teacher and stuff like that and we had a blog a blog sorry long long time ago before youtube actually and film school rejects was a big thing so we were like hey we need a like an edgy hipster name too so we are art school dropouts like i made that name up made a blog start writing start posting our own you know our our art you know respective art so you know a painter would post stuff you know i i would use uh, vimeo back then to like post my videos you know, stuff like that. And then I just kind of stuck with that name, Art School Dropouts, for the longest time. And now this is like the, the you know, current iteration of what Art School Dropouts. And I really hope in the future we're able to pass this down to another group, you know, like keep keep the keep the hype train alive, you know. Maybe somebody else would be more successful than us in, in doing what we're doing, right? Mm-hmm. And I'd be happy with that, you know. 
Yeah, well, there there are definitely still people out there other than yourself that do it. I mean, I'd say one of the most well-known ones now would be the Marshall Club, and they have definitely. had that level of success. Yeah, I mean, they're doing both professional and their indie stuff, right? Yeah, they're famous yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> you're absolutely right. I mean, they managed to keep one foot in the indie space and one foot in the professional space. And I think as time goes on, that's probably going to be what a lot of people who do this sort of work will decide to do because they don't want to get trapped inside a system, but equally they, they don't want to be just stuck in, I'm going to make the films because these are what I'm passionate about, but uh, I can't afford to pay the rent. So you got, right. it's like, if you can keep that balance and you can find filmmakers and the schedules that will allow that, that's the perfect mix. Right. Cause here's the thing I, and this is what I like with about them definitely i i respect them so much right in in terms of like like you know knowing andy like i i knew of them when they were like super super young right and they were doing stuff like like when they were mfh not even before that right um the fact alone that they they said like they said they want to do kung fu stuff ride or die they're going to do kung fu stuff forever they don't care what happens right they're just going to do that that's respect that's what i mean by the passion like I love the fact that they got big, but even if they didn't get big and they just all they said, I'm doing Kung Fu stuff like and they stuck by that. That is. I don't know, that's like the highest form of respect that I could give to anybody, right? Like they didn't break down on their morals. They did it and they got big off of it, you know, so that's why like definitely. And that's the thing. And I really would love like, you know, younger generations to have that. And it's the same thing with us. And, you know, maybe we don't have uh, such of the the flair as they do definitely but yeah like i, I want to stick to my guns and i want to prove to, like i i love kung fu too and i'm doing it the same way just the way that i see it right like and i you know trying to uh it's, it's a dying it's a dying art form but you know we're trying to put it back in the camera here so sorry big respect to them that's what i'm just saying like i really love i really love their shit i, I i'm happy to hear it and I, and i don't think it's necessarily a dying art I think that it's just like everything else that had its time. It's not going to ever be what it used to be because mm -hmm. it's evolved. Like I said this to someone else recently when they were talking about what would I class a certain film as? And I said, well, to be fair, it's all the same thing because what would have once been a Western morphed into what you would consider the action film. And then the action film morphed into the thriller and thrillers slowly changed into superheroes. But it's all the same audience at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. The actual target demographic has never changed. They've just adapted as the tastes of that audience has changed. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the same thing with the style of martial arts that you are personally creating. Right. For me, I'm always going to love that over pretty much everything else because that's what I like. But I know that all three of my siblings do not share my opinion on that. <laughs> and they're all younger than me. So it's one of those things where I don't think it's ever going to die but it's probably going to be relegated to the background, but it's always going to be a part of cinema history. And more importantly, it's always going to be a part of big productions. Like I don't actually particularly enjoy this film, but Shang-Chi yes. did kind of make some people go, I like this. Is there other stuff like this? And everybody over a certain age went, yes, there's so <laughs> much of it. Right. <laughs> That's uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I I actually agree with you. I, I actually agree with you. With I that agree with too. you one hundred percent. Like while I, I like while I don't think I, I get it. It's it's the you know like Shang Chi. The Kung Fu is is like the American movie 
Disney Kung Fu, I guess, where it's like, yeah. it's just, re- it's just kickboxing with, with Kung Fu poses. Right. And I do feel like, you know, it's just, that's just what it is. Right. Like, I, but it, it's Disney. I mean, regardless of the fact, it, you know, it's, it's, it opened up the, the thing to other people to see other, uh, inspirations, which is the amazing thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the part that I, I see it as it, it, it reignited uh, the same sort of energy as when Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon came out in the West oh for God. us, yeah, and then House true. of Flying Tigers, and everybody suddenly went nuts for Ruzia films when no mm. one even knew what they were, and then that kind of petered out and died out as as trends always do, and I feel like yes. Shang-Chi has kind of had that effect to a lesser degree, but it mm. has had that effect with younger folks that actually want to see what it is, and I found it so funny because... I can't quite remember the gap between it, but around about that same time, I, I think I personally watched the Paper Tigers mm-hmm. and their whole story in that film is basically kind of everything we've discussed about yes. you know, everything gets changes, how you go on as you get older. But there's so many good people in that that do that balance between acting and action stars. I mean, you've got the Sadasho brothers, you've got the Marshall mm-hmm. Club, but most of the main cast aren't necessarily the the greatest martial artists on the planet some of them are yeah. i'm not saying that but <laughs> it's it's quite a good a good balancing act but i think that sort of a film which like you said has a fantastic story great comedy and the fact that on top of that it has these people that know what they're doing with the fights is the yes. type of film that we used to get all the time mm-hmm. and now we when we get one like the paper tigers we all go look at this film it's amazing and it is but it's because we don't get them anymore. Whereas they used to yeah. be so frequent, it was, you know, yeah. it's moved on. That's true. That is very true. So, yeah, I mean, we hope to make, like, dude, and, and we, we love, like, you know, everybody in Paper Tigers, like, you know, Bao yeah. and Alan, like, dude, the, the creators. They're awesome. Oh, my they're God. They're so dude. nice. <laughs> they're very helpful. I mean, you know, just ha- hearing what they had to go through to make that film, you know, like, I, it's amazing. I mean, also very frustrating mm-hmm. to hear all this stuff, right? They're but, the oh, ones yeah. that actually, like, they want to also, like, bring other people with them and, like, help and, like, help them out in this industry as well, which is great because, like, you know, this industry isn't so hard. But when I was, like, asking questions to Alan, like, very open, very transparent, very honest. And, like, I feel like that's just something that's really rare. So I love Paper Tigers. I love that whole team. Um, I think their film is now on Tubi. If like if it's not on Netflix anymore, I don't know. Uh, Tubi doesn't exist in the UK. Oh man! Uh, but I think like yeah, I, I, I can access it. But yeah, yeah, it's not something that the mainstream audiences know here. Ah, but yeah. yeah, they're they're just awesome. Like so, I'm just really happy for their success. Very inspiring. Very inspiring people. Yeah. Like they really, they're the ones that got us to you know they lit the fire and be like, yeah, dude, make a movie. And we're like, yeah. We're gonna do it again, and yeah. hence now, nice. like a year, year, some change later, we're here and uh, we finished at least the principal filming, and hopefully For the within VR the year part. we will get it out. For the VR part, though, I'm glad I brought that example up. Now that was a good, that was a good reaction. Yeah, it's a very, like I said, you're right. It's a very small group, and like there are a lot of people that are are so inspiring within this little circle. Mm-hmm. Sadly, in in the sea of of all, all these other people that are that would take advantage of people. You know, well, the the thing is for me is it, it, I don't know if it did, but it felt like to me that it allowed Ron to have a springboard to then make a case for Blade of the 47 Ronin, mm-hmm. which was basically, I want to show people 
basically every kick-ass Asian martial arts actor that I know and put them all in one film and it got on Netflix. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think that would have happened five years ago. I think there has been a shift in people realizing that, oh, there is a demand for this stuff still. It's, it might not be as loud as we would like it to be, but it is there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and in, in, in hopes that that does kind of generate the mid, like, you know, the mid budget films again, right? So I, I heard it. <laughs> no, it definitely, I think, I think people that help other people within the industry are, are, are worth, uh, are, are worth noting, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, some of these people would never get the chance, you know? No. No, I mean, uh, but just before I, um, I let you go, cause I know we've been talking for a while, but. <laughs> You said way back at the beginning of this conversation that you really liked the Samuel Hung films and that's kind of what inspired you. And then we got really off topic. So I'm going to circle all the way back around to that now. Yes. <laughs> when you actually do your choreography for your fight sequences, other than Samo, what is it that you go to for inspiration? Is there anyone in particular or is it just a blend of everything that you've grown up with, for example? Uh, me particularly, I am, I am a Samo Lao Kar Lung like guy right i uh you know so magnificent butcher is one of my fight scene bibles in terms of like understanding pacing and and uh like shot progression and uh just just the pacing and they're like they have long fights in those things right but somehow it never gets boring simply because like there is the director part of it like there is a storytelling part of it so so that's why when we when we choreograph it, like I said, it's a very Shaw Brothers style, which is still very Shakespearean. It's like both even bad guy has a secret technique that the the good guy has to learn, right? So same thing, even with all of our our fight scenes, it's stuff like that. But instead of us, since we're not trickers and we're like, and I really love traditional martial arts, right? I don't, I guess what I would say my trick or my gimmick or my spectacle is seeing martial art techniques that aren't really in the forefront simply because you know in the advent of of mma and mixed martial arts um the movesets are very uh sports moveset i'm i'm not saying that they're ineffective i'm just saying you know it is very homogenous like they're obviously after sports science of all these decades we know that a, like a jab like a jab is a jab right like you know that's what it is and it's it does its job what it's supposed to do right but there are those random moves in, in like, especially in Taekwondo and like stuff does like ITF and they have a very, uh, traditional way of moving and, and stuff like that and how they do the forms. There is purpose to it, but you wouldn't see that. Right. But I love those things. Like those really super traditional martial art techniques where, you know, like simple stuff like, oh, you put your, um, your forearm into somebody's forearm and you twist it because like the, the, the turning of your, of your um uh your your bone on somebody else's bone just you know it's like biology it just makes somebody like hurt or like move their arm like stuff like that and i highlight those because those are really really cool uh, you know like when everybody else is like oh he you know black widow doing the hurricanrana or something right sure that's cool but to me like seeing like a bladed sidekick to somebody's like you know uh like neck or something like that's like that's some crazy like assassin martial arts stuff that yeah, I would never see in real life, right? And that's the the stuff that I want to do. And the sim you know, so that's the way that I choreograph. And Lao Karlung, you know, even though he does a lot of kung fu, like I understand what he does since I'm a kung fu guy. I understand the stuff that he's showing. And if I were to, you know, take the time and I, I research and I learn 
ITF Taekwondo, like I understand the movements that they're doing and how I can show Steph being, you know, a Taekwondo person, you know, like authentically, right? And that's yeah, the thing. does a like, lot of research, like a whole lot. <laughs> like I, I really love martial arts, right? And like I am a Shaolin guy. I did like karate for a little bit, but ultimately, like you know, my everything that I do is Shaolin. But I love martial arts enough that I can, I feel like I can translate like the the amazing parts and the unseen parts of of other martial arts and be able to like put it in there. As long as I, you know, I research and I study it a little bit. So, yeah, I love I love yeah. karate. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> sound like it. I really, really do. No, no, I, it's, it's, it's always fun to hear people enjoy what they do. I mean, I personally have never choreographed a fight scene, but I love taking them apart. And, um, I, so many people have told me that, that do do it, that I should do it because when I start talking about it, they're like, you understand this. And it's like, yeah. well, I, to me, it's not that it's simple, but I realize that's because I'm obsessed over it. And it sounds yeah. like you have as well. Oh, um, I lack a crew and other people, as Steph said, you need people to make stuff. So I'll mm -hmm. stick to talking about it for now. <laughs> but I love the fact come that, over, as you man, said, dude, like, let's yeah, make a come movie, over. dude. <laughs> <laughs> I you would tell me to, but you it's a long way. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, I, I think you just hit some very important nail on the head there, which is that you do research. Some of the best fight films I've ever seen can get ruined when you can tell that somebody is trying to do something that they personally don't have any experience in. And it's it's a shame because the rest of the film can be working and other fight scenes can have worked. And then a character will come in and it's blatantly obvious when someone hasn't put in the work. Um, I'm not talking about actors, in, even though that can also be a problem. Cough, iron fist, cough. Yes. Um, but Ooh, it's yeah. more the... <laughs> not going there. I've had that rant. Yeah. Um, but it's it's one of those things where if you don't research the specific styles that you're trying to portray, people like Steph that knows what they're doing will immediately be taken out of it. The general audience might not, but there will be something off about it and they won't really know why, but they'll know that it's not holding their attention because it's not quite working. And like, for example, uh, you said something else that I find interesting with the MMA thing is it's a sport and it has rules. And so many people look at MMA and go, well, we know how real fights work now. And yes, yeah. to a degree, but realistically, no, they're not real fights. That's not what would actually happen in a street fight in inverted commas. Right. But when it comes to like traditional martial arts, people have kind of written them off in their head as saying, well, they're not realistic and that wouldn't work in a real mm -hmm. fight. And I've often said to people, well, yes and no. Mm -hmm. Most martial arts were created to conflict a particular group of individuals. Like whenever people say Aikido doesn't work, it was created to fight samurai. Of course it doesn't work. Right. When was the last time you had to fight right. a samurai? But most martial arts do still work unless the person you're going up against knows that martial arts. The reason why martial arts used to work is because it was carefully kept secret yeah. so that other people couldn't learn it. Therefore, they didn't know what was about to happen to them. Yeah. I did Krav Magar. If you do it fast enough, it doesn't matter if you know what's coming, as long as you don't know that I know it. <laughs> right, exactly. Because now with like UFC and everything, like, you know, people that have never trained their entire life, goes like, knows what an Oma Plata is or, or like, you know you know ashibarai or something but they never trained it before but they'll they'll say stuff but you know somehow now you're super knowledgeable but never trained a day of your life it's it's hard 
right? It's it's so it's kind of that expectations, right? Like so, you know, that's why having people perform the way that, like I guess with the whole Shang Chi thing, I, I I did notice an uptick in all of these random uh stuntmen that never did kung fu suddenly show that they're doing kung fu even though it's not kung fu right even though like some of these people could be like amazing karatekas or like taekwondo stylist right now they're like you're doing like a very weird style of kung fu that like not a lot of people know and now you're saying you know it when it doesn't look like you know it just like you know what i mean it's just because of the, the trend right so that's why I, I never make steph do anything outside her style mm-hmm. right you're like the the only crossover maybe is like some MMA stuff simply because you know a jab is a jab right but I'm never gonna be like okay now Steph you're gonna do some capoeira stuff because that's trending right like you know <laughs> you know, and it, I would it just, be the first to be like uh, no I right. don't do that I'm very right. stubborn so I'm just right. like no but it's not no, even I, that I can't do it. why would I <laughs> why would I live like there is so much like like I said I don't I don't know much about ITF Taekwondo and, but like learning the style it's beautiful, right? Like, you know, coming from a kung, like kung fu guy. So, and this person has dedicated their life to it. Why don't I show it? And, you know, and, and Angela, she does like, you know, American Tempo and she does judo and all this other stuff. So, like, show it, right? That's like, that's, those martial arts are beautiful, right? Like, we're not going to jump on the next trend because it's the trend. I mean, I'm just, I'm glad that like our group has different martial artists, you know? Like, and I think yeah. that's like, we have different viewpoints in doing the same thing. So it's like, I'll ask Steph, like, hey, you know, this is the choreography. Can you like, you know, can you translate it in the way that you move? You know, and it, then it's like, you know, it, now it's natural to her and only she can do it. And I, I love that idea, you know, so that's why our, our videos. And I think, you know, when I, we have Steph in there, it's, it's definitely Steph or it's definitely Angela or it's definitely me, right? Because it's like, we all move the same. And I, Hey, we we all move differently. Sorry, we don't move the same, and that's why it's a. I think it's refreshing to watch, right? Yeah, it is because you know, as I said, I I binge watched quite a few of your short films to refresh my memory or watch them for the first time. And I one of the ones I watched was Ronan, where you were doing your sword work in the in the manga style. And a, right. I love the sword work; it was so fast, which is thank you so refreshing after seeing so many films where they move in slow motion. But b it highlights the fact that when you're watching something and it's a visual spectacle or a visual language, it's nonverbal dialogue. You need everybody to have a different way of moving in order to actually get people to understand the differences. Yeah. We literally had Marshall Teague explaining the other day that Benny Arquides deliberately paired those two together because Marshall is a NATO heavyweight kickboxing champion and Patrick Swayze is a dancer. The choreography was Marshall is this powerhouse that if he hits you, you're going to go flying. But Patrick could move all around him and it worked, even though he wasn't really a martial artist, but he learned the choreography. And I feel like that's lost now because like you said about people chase the latest trends before everybody went back to Kung Fu. It kind of felt like everyone was suddenly a master of Salat and a screamer because that suddenly became the thing. Right. During the raid. Everyone, like, everyone. Like, wait, what? Now you're like, you have ten years of of like FMA, like behind your back. What? You don't move like it, you know? Like these people that claim, I get it, but but then you watch somebody that really does, like, you know, like Filipino martial arts, like uh, this one guy, Brian Sloyer, dude, the way that he moves, Mm -hmm. beautiful. That's his style, and he makes amazing films. Yeah, like that's that's amazing, right? 
that's what I'm saying. And it's just that I, I, I get, I get the need to, you know, continue working. I get it. I completely understand. So it's not completely their fault. It's the machine. It's really what it is, right? But man, some of these people who are amazing in the, in the, the way that they move, it's like, you know, it's being hampered simply because like, oh, they need to move a certain way to like fit a certain demographic within the, the working sphere of, of the, mm-hmm. you know, of Hollywood and for them to do that. Cause like, that's what it is, right? Cause that's, that's the Disney method. Every, everyone, yep. everyone moves in, in kickboxing and like Shang-Chi just do a couple of kung fu poses. Like, it's kung fu. Like, no. Like, well, but, it, you know, it, it reminds me of what Scott Adkins said, uh, well, has said several times where it's like, you know, he used to be a tricker back in his day. And now he looks at the new trickers and he's like, I don't think I'm a tricker anymore. (laughs) And and it's true. It's like, you know, if you, if you move the dial along, the next generation is going to come along and go, Oh, well, that's where I'm starting from. So I've got to do something even more insane. Yeah. And I feel like it's the same for martial artists and choreographers. You end up going in a circle where everybody got so used to people doing triple backflips and wire work that. (laughs) Going back to a grounded style of just pure martial arts became the refreshing thing, even though that's what people were moving away from with all of the wire work and the flips. And it's it's so funny when you actually look at it. Yeah, I hope so. I I really hope so <laughs> because we're there. Yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> that's like, dude, us. Oh, yeah like, dude, seriously, right? Like all these trickers now, dude. They're like they're like cats in in, in like zero space gravity. Like they just you they just jump up in the air and they just shake and they're like doing like 10,000 flips and it's amazing like, like yep. we would you know when Steve Tarada like did like the first 1080 butterfly twist he had a running start now kids just do it like at the <laughs> base like you know they just go to Super Saiyan 3 already man the new generations <laughs> are amazing man that's what I'm just saying <laughs> I was there I'm just saying I was, I watched I watched this the thing grow and it's like amazing you know Oh, I agree with you. I was laughing at the reference you made because a few years ago, no, no, none of the new generation would have had a clue what you talked about. And <laughs> thankfully, they've become popular again. So everyone knows what Super Saiyan is now. <laughs> exactly, oh <my> right? <laughs> exactly. Because now Steve Tarada, what? Like, he, after such a, uh, you know, now he's probably playing Overwatch because, like, he streams and he's, he's in part of, like, Angela's Discord. And I just see him there. And I'm like, you know, that's awesome. That's crazy. Like, you know, it, it's it's such a small world, but it's also, you know, we gotta sorry. I'm I'm very I'm a big proponent person to like you know, uh help help the new generation type of thing. That's why. So Well, I think I'm gonna cut it off there for fear that we could keep talking for literal yeah. hours. Um, <laughs> which appears to be something that uh I'm beginning to think is my fault because I seem to have that effect on people. Oh, but yeah. thank you very much for taking the time. <laughs> No, I'm um, sorry if I talked a lot. Thank you for you. having us very... on. Dude, it's nice you talking so much. to you. This was really <laughs> this awesome. was no, fun. no, uh, it it was. It's not a problem. I'm just uh, like aware of the fact of a people have things to do and b people have to listen to this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> listen to the car. You know, we 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 listen to Dungeons and Daddies when we drive. Yeah, <laughs> like I listen to hours. a ton of podcasts like in the car. I listen to your podcast. I listen to like Food for Thought. Like. Just in the car. Oh, so thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Of course. Um, to, to to date this episode for those listening, my episode on Vikram went out today, so I'm uh, I'm excited for people to hear that one. I love I loved that film so much. Right. 
I'm going to hand you over to the me of the future now to discuss whatever's going to happen next, depending on when this episode goes live. Thank you once again to Joey and Stephanie for joining me. If you haven't checked out the people, go and check them out. I shall put the links in the show notes below. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there you go. We've finished. You're at the end. Uh, one quick thing. I do kind of tell a, a lie, but it's not really a lie because I thought it was the truth when I said it. I said I've never choreographed a fight scene, and that is true if you're talking about film and television. It isn't true if you count stage productions. I literally realized this while I was editing, and technically speaking, I have choreographed fights between people for plays and stage productions, because I was in those productions, and, uh, shall we say... I got grumpy because the people that were supposed to be choreographing them couldn't really agree on how to do it, and they were taking forever, and they were making it way more harder than it needed to be. So I distinctly remember walking up, giving everybody a simple rhythm with which to make sure that they could easily remember in the same way that, you know, the rhythm of the fights that most of us are familiar with, and, you know, bash the sticks together, one, two, three, click, spin, and I, 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 I even remember it, and uh, it worked, they kept it, and then we expanded upon it as we, you know, as we did more with the play itself, and it, it's so funny, because I hadn't thought about that for ages, and then re-listening to this, when you're not part of the conversation, it made all these memories come back, and I was like, well, I suppose technically that does count, it's not really what I mean, but it does kind of count, so I hope you guys enjoyed that, and I certainly did, and they certainly did. It, you know, we we were talking over each other, we were laughing, we were trying desperately to stay on some sort of topic, but just going all over the shop, and it was just such a good laugh that there's no way on the face of this earth that we won't be having them back as many times as they want to come back. But, you're wondering, what is going to be next? And the answer is... If you listened to our previous episode, which was on The Man From U.N.C.L.E., you already know, because I told you in that one, it is going to be Red Heat, which is celebrating its 35th anniversary this year. Arnold Schwarzenegger, James Belushi classic, directed by Walter Hill. Get excited, get hyped, and I shall see you very, very soon for that one. But until then, guys, take care of yourselves, and I will see you then. On the action and-